Welcome to the Business for Makers podcast. I'm Scott Shervitz of George Supply Company. Today's podcast is the audio version of our Makers for Business blog post, Woodworking Guide to Safety and First Aid. Any discussion among woodworkers inevitably turns to injuries and battle scars, what went wrong and what could have been avoided. The lessons are so often the same. Bad things happen when we rush, when we remove the safety features provided with power tools, and when we don't concentrate on the task at hand. Ultimately, what keeps us safe is our healthy fear of spinning blades and knives. But just as important is regularly monitoring our shop hazards and being prepared for minor injuries or worse. The same attention we put into cutting a perfect dovetail we need to put into maintaining a safe shop environment to ensure we are able to continue to do what we love. So be prepared. How do we prepare for bad things to happen? By imagining the variety of ways things can go wrong and developing a strategy to either prevent it or address it if it happens. Injuries come in all shapes and sizes, so let's start with a number of typical strategies where we can avoid injury or be prepared if one happens. Ensure your cell phone is charged in case you need to call for help. Maintain a battery-operated light source in case of power outage so you can find your way out. Use push sticks and other safety mechanisms that are appropriate to the tool to prevent injury and maintain a first aid kit and make it quickly accessible and ready to use. By the way, know how to use each item. If you buy a first aid kit at the store, read the accompanying directions. Strategize how you'll use each one of of these items in the first aid kit with only one hand in case of injury to the other. And if you already have a first aid kit, check the first aid kit for expiration. Some treatments and medicines aren't as effective after after certain dates. You should probably restock the kit once a year. Also, give first responders the information they may need by keeping any important critical information about yourself or your family in a handy, accessible place. Maybe your address, your date of birth, any health cards or medical conditions or allergies and prescription dosages. Those may all come in handy for doctors who have to treat you. Also, review review your workshop for unsafe hazards. We're talking here about extension cords that can be tripped over, outlets not in a safe condition, wood pieces that might be sticking out and causing a trip hazard, a drill press that's not clamped down appropriately and could tip over, low hanging hazards that could cause a head injury, and hazardous chemicals that are not stored away properly. You should also review areas where you might be at greater risk of injury. Have you removed the safety features on your table saw? If so, can you work with them reattached to prevent injury? Are you trying to cut small pieces on a bandsaw without clamping it to a larger piece and getting your fingers dangerously close to the blade? Are you using the proper technique on a router table to avoid, to avoid spin-off? 
You should have a Type A fire extinguisher ready to, get, to use. Review the procedure for using the fire extinguisher so you can use it immediately before the fire spreads. Usually it involves just pulling out a pin and pulling the trigger, but yours may be different. Also, fire extinguishers are only good for about 10 years, so if you're using an older one, it might be time to buy a new one. And of course, use proper personal protective equipment, or PPE. That includes safety glasses, hearing protection, face mask. And is your equipment labeled to remind you to use PPE? If not, you can make your own labels or reminders. And so, what if it happens to you? Well, despite your best efforts, here you are, injured, injured and alone in your shop. Let's go over some common maker injuries and how to treat them. Luckily, many of them are non-life-threatening, but they do require some common first aid items. Well, of course, you're going to get a splinter. There, you'll need a tweezers, antibiotic, antibiotic ointment, and an adhesive bandage. You could easily get a cut from a saw blade. There, it'd be good to have some butterfly or stary strips, some gauze pads, and some ointment. What about a burn from a blowtorch or a branding iron? Well, hopefully you have some burn cream. Make sure you have some burn cream in your box. Fracture, like dropping a piece of equipment on your foot or hammering your finger. There you'll need some gauze and possibly a splint. Head injury, banging your head on something that's hanging down or, or you're picking something up and bang your head, standing back up. You may need a gauze pad, an adhesive bandage, or a cold pack. That should also be in your first aid pack. An eye injury. Of course, you're going to get sawdust in your eye, something to irritate your eye. So make sure you have eye wash and water available. Fall, slipping on spilled liquid or tripping on something. There you'll need a gauze pad or a cold pack or ice. What about blunt force injury, like at a table saw and something and some kickback from the saw from the uh, wood? There, you may need some gauze pack or a cold pack. Now, those are the non-life threatening. But what if it gets serious? What if you have a serious laceration or worse? Well, here's five quick steps. I'm just going to go over them briefly because there's some details involved. And you may want to go back to our blog post again at georgesupplyco.com under resources for makers and really think through this part because this is probably the critical part, right? Where you have an injury, a serious injury, and you're alone in your workshop. Step one, calm yourself down. Take a deep breath and make a plan. Step two, stop the bleeding. You're going to want to apply direct pressure until the bleeding stops. This could take 20 minutes. You can't put something on your, you know, on the spot and keep pulling the gauze away to check it. Every time you pull it away, it extends that time. Now, if the blood is seriously splurt, spurting out, you may need, you're going to call, want to call 911. You get the blood if you get the bleeding stopped, you're going to want to clean the infection. You're going to want to wash it with soap and water. So you're going to get to the kitchen, clean this thing out with soap and water, remove any foreign bodies like a splinter or something, and wrap this thing up. Then close the wound 
with some steri strips or some gauze and get to the ER or the urgent care. And you're going to want to monitor the wound for signs of infection like redness or streaks of redness or drainage or a fever or it's hot to the touch. Again, there's more details at the blog post. So also on the blog post are some body mechanics, details, and injury prevention. Uh, essentially, we're going to talk, You essentially, make sure when you're lifting, you're lifting with your knees, not with your back. You want to maintain good posture and align your body when you're lifting and turning. So you're going to want to you know, you're not trying to twist when you pick up something big, but moving your feet. Again, there's more details and more valuable information at uh, georgesupplyco.com. Uh, that part was really critical, uh, very important from my co-author, Singh. You will know Singh from Crafty at Heart. She is a BSN and RN, and she was very adamant that not only did she provide all this information on injuries, but making sure that you take the time to prevent these injuries by using proper body mechanics and injury prevention. And so in summary, you may have, you may have shared horror stories with other makers about nasty injuries or cuts, but those are only, but those only make good stories if you come out healed and well on the other side. Knowing how to properly treat and prevent small and serious injuries ensures that your story is just a cautionary tale and not a life-changing event. Having a first aid and a fire extinguisher in your shop is important, but it's not enough. You also need to know how to use them or tell someone else how to use them. You may need to even teach your family members what to do if you are found incapacitated in your shop. Knowing what to do with what will prevent panicking, wasting valuable time, or allowing a small injury to spread to a worse injury. Woodworking, my friends, is dangerous, but it doesn't have to be. Use the safety features on your equipment. Wear your PPE. Practice safe techniques. Know how to respond to injuries in your shop and seek help when you need it. Be safe out there, folks. Also found at the blog post is a first aid kit list of things to include. And again, thank you so much to my co-author Singh from Crafty at Heart. You'll find her on Instagram at crafty underscore at underscore heart. She provided a wealth of this information and also to Brian Shervitz, my other co-author, and my son, Masters of Science and Associate Instructional Designer at the University of Wisconsin. I, again, I'm Scott Shervitz. This was our audio vision of our blog post, Woodworking Guide to Safety and First Aid. You can find the written version at georgesupplyco.com under Resources for makers. Thank you for listening. Mm -hmm.